And welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Maxine Cunningham. Maxine is an investment banker turned economist turned startup founder who can't stop thinking about the new economy and the new world. And that led her to start and found a company called Pick My Brain. She's helped over 300 and more brains design, build, and package their independent services. And she's connecting with hundreds of people, literally like every month at this point, creating conversations, coffees, walk and talk sessions, programs, and more to create and facilitate connection and a form of skill and knowledge sharing. And so with these words, welcome Maxine. I'm excited for this conversation. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited too. That was so nice to hear. It's so nice to hear an introduction of yourself. I'm already in. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, you do know yourself. But yeah, but it's, 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 it's said differently. It's so nice to, I forgot how nice it was for someone else to introduce you. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Pick My Brain because I think, you know, you, you guys are just launching in the invite only mm -hmm. phase. Um, definitely a platform to keep an eye out for and watch because it's, it's based on such an amazing principle of mutuality. But in your own words, what's Pick My Brain and what, what is it bringing to the world? Mm, I like that, Adam. Um, Pick My Brain really is a new way of thinking, um, but um, in its form, it's, it's a technical tool that makes it really easy for people to make themselves more available uh, to those around them and beyond. So they can really decide how they want to um, put offers out there to the world and how they want people in the world to take them up on those offers. So like you said, um, you know, imagine offering to the world that you're open and available for things like pick my brain calls or coffee and conversations or dinner and conversations or one-on-one -on -one Zoom meditation sessions. Um, pick my brain just like lets you really clearly articulate that message and share it uh, with people and, and just see what comes in and inevitably um, you know what we're finding is the more intentional you are with your offers and the more you put them outdoor out there people will take you up on them and so what we're discovering is that you really can invite um, new revenue streams and new individuals into your life um, with this tool really cool so how does it work uh, so you go, you sign, when you get an invitation to become a brain, you get a profile and that profile has a set of um, curated questions that are all focused on getting to the root of who you are, what you know a lot about, who you most want to help, um, and how you want to help them. Um, it also digs into, it's kind of like a, where LinkedIn focuses on what we've done, Pick My Brain kind of focuses on what we want to do, who we want to serve now. So you go on and you, you fill out these prompts, and then you decide we have a series of what we call knowledge-based contracts in our back end that are just templates of ways that we think you might want to be available to society to, to see what it's like. Like, like I said, we have a package. Our first product was the pick my brain call. So a lot of people get these requests. Do you want to formalize that request, put a boundary around that request and, and list it on our marketplace or on your pick my brain profile. Then you just click and set your own rate rules and availability. And that offer would now be live. Um, and then we have other templates like, yeah, coffee and conversations or dinner and conversations or one-on-one -on -one strategy sessions. And you can get custom about um, 
wrapping this offer up, really putting a bow around it and, and listing it really easily. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I, I love this idea on this, the metaphor, you know, comparing it with LinkedIn, which like everyone's familiar with LinkedIn at this point. Yeah. It focuses on like your old school CV, like who you yeah, are. Yeah, old school CV. But yeah. And like, and when I look at people, especially, you know, in like the, the practice of meeting strangers and meeting new people, sometimes I just go entirely into this mode of like, I wonder what this person has to offer or what that person has to like share mm -hmm. with the world that I have no idea about. Yes. That I might not ever know unless I ask or I inquire or, you know, even that sometimes takes a quite a bit longer in the relationship building. So, yeah. you know, first of all, like this is epic. Um, <laughs> Like my brain. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I really think that the new currency is um, uh, connections, conversations, and perspective. And the more uh, rich we become in those three things, I think the more attuned we will all be with one another, um, the more connected, which allows us to be more collaborative and more creative. And, um, I mean, just generally, we know that when those things are, are, are closer, we're, we're kinder, we can, we can offer more value. Um, we feel a part of something. So yeah, our KPIs, our indicators of success are the amount of connections, perspectives, and conversations that we are making available and people are are forming yeah yeah really beautiful can you give us a little bit of an insight of how you went from like investment banker mm. to, to to someone who like you know digs and understands mutuality and mm. wants to bring out more of that into the world yeah um yeah so i i at a young age uh, decided that i wanted to have like yeah i wanted to see how i could play and create the future my dad was a huge futurist he was like a little too far ahead of his time and i became really in love with this idea that you can design your future and the first way i thought i could do that was i noticed that where we spend our money is what we build and so I thought if I went into the finance field and controlled the supply of money, then we could direct that money to build whatever we wanted. And that was really exciting for me. And so I dove down that path and um, became an investment banker, which again, I naively thought that we were going to think very clearly about what we want to build and invest our money accordingly. And um, just really realized that, again, our, our, our world really has shifted to prioritize, um, you know, the quantitative metrics of things. Sometimes we would be making investment decisions and no one in the room was asking where the CEO wanted to go or who the CEO was or what their mission was. It was much more concerning what the PE ratios were and the dividend yields. And um, I managed this portfolio um, in my university as a $2 million fund and I was responsible for the energy sector. And I just remember working on the Bloomberg terminal and trying to decide between these oil and gas companies. And there was like no metrics that even allowed me to pick the good within that. You know, like where are these guys' GHG emissions and how are they trending? Can I ask that question? Can I differentiate my decision based on, you know, where I think we're also going to? Mm -hmm. um, and so the, I just found, I just found these questions were not there. Um, and so 
yeah, learned a lot, um, but left that and decided to go round out my thinking um, and did a master's in economics. And so economics really is the study of why people do what they do um, and how can we distribute a scarce number of resources equitably, which is a very big question, equitably. And um, started thinking about that and that, that rounded it, right? Um, finance was very economic, like very numbers based. Economics I found incorporated the environmental and social components. And um, so I took that knowledge and went and worked for a think tank in Ottawa to um, help um, aggregate the world's um, data um, at, when it comes to things like GHG emissions and fish stock and try to collectively be like, hello globe, we are, we are one nation and collectively we need to make some, write some rules so that we don't cross these planetary boundaries, which are very mathematical. You know, we have some very, we have nine planetary boundaries and if we go over those limits, there are repercussions. And so we have to make sure that we don't go over those numbers. Here's how we suggest doing that. And so that's what I, that was my mission for the, like the last, four years of my last professional career. And um, again, as an economist, we have this number, like there's a fish and it's a species of fish and it has a, has a birth rate. And if we fish beyond that birth rate, this non, this renewable resource will, will become, will diminish. You know, it won't be renewable. It won't be able to reproduce. And, and humans keep fishing beyond these limits when we have a sustainable resource. And it's because we, we haven't made universal laws because we all have our own laws. So anyways, I worked on that mission for four years and just saw again, kind of came up against this wall of how hard it is to bring nations together to agree on these rules and um, decided that policy, you know, had its flaws too. And it was right around that time that Airbnb, I started, I, I noticed, I saw Airbnb coming out of the rough when they were new. And I just remember being like, holy, shut the front door. Um, my economic brain just like clicked and I was like, what? Okay. Okay. We've got a peer to peer marketplace, yeah. which as an economist is like the most efficient form of bringing humans together and capturing the most amount of value because it's peer to peer. Um, and we've got someone monetizing a shared asset, which as an economist, they love to monetize things because it's just how our system works, but it was shared. So it was like this untapped resource, which just added value to the economy. Um, and, and they really did with a SaaS tool, the software as a service tool, created an economic, environmental, and social good globally. And I handed in my resignation two weeks later. Uh -huh. And I took, I remember taking my CEO around Ottawa's parliament very sacrificially and being like, listen, I love you. I love your mission. I've been fighting for it hard. I'll never stop believing. My first thing I'm going to come back to is onboard the environmental brains, which I'm working on. Um, but I have to go think about this because this is different. And so, yeah, I convinced my partner at the time to um, jump on this year on journey where we were going to go study peer-to-peer -peer marketplaces and this tech world and these SaaS things and see where it was going. And we spent a year doing that. And it was on that journey that I just the question, the problem statement that kept emerging was, um, yeah, like, can we monetize knowledge? 
Um, why is it that I can go on a date with anybody in the world, but I can't brainstorm with anyone in the world? Like, why isn't there a profile that prioritizes that? And oh my gosh, my mom's retiring and she has no easy way to plug her knowledge back into the system. How many other people are retiring and have this problem? <laughs> you know, and this new economy that we are shifting into needs to not use as much products. And, and you know, we need to start moving more consciously into intellect. And so Pick My Brain was born out of that. And it really is like a compilation of kind of all of the things. But um, yeah, uh, it just really came back to me as like the most important thing is connection, communication, um, conversations, and perspective. And the way I think I can do that, like Airbnb unlocked, is by, is by putting a formal process, like formalizing the value of knowledge, the value of a perspective, the value of a conversation and making trying to try to have this this new economy kind of be born a little bit so that's like kind of the tra trajectory <laughs> well, so this is fascinating maxine i for one I, I i love the journey and i love where we're, we're kind of ending up in the here and now with pick my brain peer-to-peer -peer exchanges tapping into people's knowledge people's experience mm -hmm. people's expertises right bringing people back into the context that we're like basically outside because they've left the traditional workspace let me pause this or park this for a second though, because I want to okay. come back to a very interesting notion in what you said, which is yeah. you had this clarity mm. that you had to take a certain amount of time off and study or inquire about something specific that sparked your curiosity. Like in other words of saying this, your spidey sense went off and it was like, yeah. oh, something magic is happening there. Yeah. Let me ask like straight up, you know, so many people wish that that happened and then they create something that is like changes the world or, or is the new pick my brain or the new Airbnb or the new uh, Twitter, whatever it is. So how did you muster up the courage to just say, this is what I'm actually going to do? It's funny. It just, um, I don't even know if it was courage um, more than just this is everything I want to work on. So I'm going to go do it. And, um, I don't know, whenever I, people say that, like, I, I don't have that much, I, I really have a good relationship with fear. I kind of really like fear. Um, and every way I played it, I was like, okay, so I'm going to take a year on and study whatever I want for a year. Whoa. Like what if I made Max's university, you know, I'd gone to school for eight years, learned how to learn. And now I was like, what if I had a whole year to learn whatever I wanted? That was really exciting. Like I invested lots of time and energy and money to go to university. Why wouldn't I invest a lot of time and energy to go to Max's university now that she knows herself? Wow. For sure. Right. That's a, I'm like in, um, Hey, Oh, this, this thing that I'm going to go explore is going to open doors into this way of thinking that I want to be involved in. Like I want to be, I, I tech is, I'm love, I'm loving the SaaS tech peer to peer economy. I gotta go work there. Um, if I want to take a step towards that, I have to throw myself into it for sure. So I was like, yes. Um, if I fail, am I going to be any worse off? Mm -mm. Nope. I've got like enough, you know, you can live a year off for very affordable if you are smart with your money and you just have ample time. It's really, you know, you do the math and it's, um, I can help anyone who is broke to do this too. You know, I've learned the ways. Um, and it, it like, it made me alive. It just, I want to feel, I have this thing called return on life. I make all of my decisions um, with the sole purpose of increasing my return on life. 
And I think I learned this in, in finance. This is why I left finance is because they only care about return on investment. That's their highest priority, right? And you talk a lot about people, profit, and planet, right? Let's, 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 I want to keep going. How about connection and conversation and perspective and colorfulness and exploration and experiences? Like, what is your algorithm? Like, get excited with your algorithm. Wouldn't that and, be a world if we had like a full algorithm of values that, yes. like, you know, um, future AI that is definitely listening? I mean, can you, you know, like we, we, we need a complex algorithm that represents true human values, connection, worth, yeah. equality, inclusion, that we can playfully co-create with, right? Yeah. It's just so far away from this classical ROI, return on investment, profit, profit, profit thinking. Yeah. Like, but can we, like, yeah. yeah don't, don't forget where you were about to go with it, but I think ultimately they do connect. It's just yeah. a matter of, of really wanting to see that it does connect. The old yeah. world, that new world, you know? Totally. And I think, I think it's just like, we need to get a little bit more creative. Like I'm like kind of bored. of just like caring about the return on investment. Like we got that number game figured out and right now. Actually wealth is like pretty, you know, just there's such a big gap. Like who, you know, I, I think, I hope in the future, having that much money locked up will be as gross as having a Hummer. Like, where are you? Are you in tune to like, you know, <laughs> we got to It's going to be a new economy. Um, yeah. We just gotta, I just want to keep talking about it because, um, I just think we do. I just think we need to plant that seed, you know, Anderson Horowitz, which is the biggest investment, one of the biggest investment firms that helps define the future in terms of startups. So if I ever went back in investment, it'd be to build startups because they build the future. Um, but they wrote this big article about the, the passion economy. It's emerging. It's um, finding unique ways to monetize your individuality. And we're so scared of the word monetization, but it really just means like you got to create your own revenue streams. Money is just an energy and it's just a value. It's a way to put a value on something. And a conversation has a lot of value. You know, we're not used to, it's not a cup. I can't like see it, um, but you'll start to feel it just like meditation. You know, those th it's like a compounding return. And that's my biggest hurdle, right? Is bringing people over to this unaccustomed way of being like, I bought this and so now I have it. To be like, I felt that. And so now I'm like, I wear you. And that's special. Like, that's a lot. You know, what a beautiful thing. So, well, for one, I love your excitement and this like strong, <laughs> excited energy that's coming out there right now. But I really want to like point the finger at that and, and go maybe a little deeper because what you're saying is we don't just require a certain algorithm that measures value, but really, first, there is a necessity for us to understand the the multifaceted life we're already living and what gives us which return because we know which return money gives us the security the the ability to buy certain things but then really we also i mean those of us who have had the privilege of reflecting on how we're actually doing with the money we have if we're not mm -hmm. struggling for it every day we yeah. we also know that it's it's somewhat flat like it's it even if you have a lot a lot of it I mean, maybe you can buy another experience or a, a, an experience with more details, but really your ability to be present within the experience trumps the experience or the monetary experience in the first place. So we kind of need a way to track that because mm -hmm. us spending an hour together, you listening right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, you listening and sharing this creates a chain of value that mm -hmm. allows this value to like duplicate, ampl amplify all across yeah. the globe. And so 
we're not really measuring this at all right now. I think you're right. Like, and I, and the chain reaction, right? Like I'm thinking about that. Um, I, I also almost sometimes think about it like science, like um, chemicals, like when, when um, atoms vibrate at a certain frequency, they can like, you know, they'll, they'll all like move and tether and be synced. And I think, yeah, we, j we just gotta, um, and it's happening all the time. Like it's easier and easier to, to connect with people in really deep ways. We are um, going more and more intellectual. We are going deeper and deeper. It's just like, uh, yeah, we're just helping us move over to that. I don't even know what it is. It's just like that next level. <laughs> like the next step of evolution, right? Like, yeah, you said it, like if you're just accumulating for the sake of accumulating, like, like, where mm -hmm. are you? Like, are you not seeing that the world around you is a, a reflection of you, but, but B is, is in this state of inequality. So, so yeah. really it, it, it's turning now that it's, 2020 you know it's like we're turning this turns into the new normal it turns into the new normal of operating that that there's there's more possible for more humans on the planet new uh, including the planet itself and and so you know you and i are optimists we're both sagittarius so we're, we're both pretty <laughs> energetic about the missions we have yeah. and so maybe for other people they're listening to this and they're like well you guys are just too too optimistic and so mm -hmm. my question to you is number one like where do you take your optimism from like how do you wake up mm. that fueled with optimism or do you wake up that fueled with optimism um i generally do i mean like i have my 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 sadness of what's going on collectively you know like they call there's there's some intense stuff happening too that can like definitely um shock and pull me down but what always gives me energy and endless supplies of it is new experiences and new conversations and new perspectives and people, um, there's an energy that happens when you connect with someone over a meaningful experience and whether it's a conversation, whether it's sharing a moment. Um, and I have a portal, my pick my brain profile, I've now done over 200 pick my brain calls with people around the world who want to talk about this stuff. And so I'm like consistently tapping into that energy with those conversations and my invitations. And if you get really good with life and like writing, you know, um, tethering with the universe or like, you know, like if you, if you get comfortable with it and I found my ways to invite the right people towards me, um, that light me up, you know, that light, that light me up. Um, then I, I'm just, it's just this, um, in, in environment, it's like a circular economy. It just is an energy that continuously flows back and forth. That is endless and abundant, just like a lot of our natural resources are. If we don't er over tap them, um, and I think we're over, we are over tapping our environmental resources for sure. And we're over tapping, I don't know, our, our give, our asks and not our gives. And, and it needs to be there. There's, it's got a balance, it's got a yin and yang. And, and, um, yeah, I think, I think I found a little, a tool that gives me more energy <laughs> and invites it in anyway, it increases my probability of connecting with really smart and passionate people who want to jam about this and keep spreading it. Hmm. Um, it's kind of parallel to our natural resources. So if we're tapping into the unsustainable energy within ourselves, like our diet, our nutrition, the coffee, whatever it is that is actually unsustainable, because if you're just getting high and high and high on that, at some point you have to come down. Yeah. Like part of the yin and yang. Yeah. But 
through social interactions, like it might get really real and we feel all the emotions, but actually it still continues to fuel and energize us when yeah. we're here with people showing up, listening to each other. And it's the same with the natural resources. If we're just, you know, like going for the tar sand and like digging holes into the ground to pull out oil and not to mm. discriminate that entirely because it also created a form of innovation in which yeah. allowed us to connect now and, and today and at this moment. Um, but really like there are other natural resources around if it's the sun, yeah. If it is yeah. one at one point in our hopefully not too distant future, zero point energy that that we're able to like create a connection to. I think you know mm -hmm. there's there's just this regenerative element in nature that yes. is real, and yeah, I, I I do truly believe that that's the world that is possible around the corner. Me too. I even believe it's probable. I feel like it's like an yeah. inevitable direction we're headed to. It's this or self destruction. Yeah. Let me yeah, let me do. One more thing you said there, because I, I really like to, you know, get, get to know the people I interview personally as well, because I, I love pick my brain. I love what you're putting out there with it. And I think, you know, clearly I want to be a part of it in some way. <laughs> but you were speaking about, when I asked you about optimism, you were saying that you're mostly very optimistic and you found this rhythm of how you're staying and it refuels and it regenerates. But mm -hmm. there's sometimes this you know, if it's the winter blues or if it's the, the collective field or, you know, in other words, like if you're living on this planet right now and you're human and you don't feel depressed every now and then, like you're mm -hmm. clearly not part of the society. Like yeah. we're in the state of the world where this is still around us, right? So how, you know, how do you, how do you personally deal with the darker emotions or the deeper, let's not even call them dark, the deeper emotions? Um, well, I certainly welcome, welcome them. Um, I think they're very important. I think, um, we fear, there's too much fear around them. And if, um, you welcome them and accept them and feel them and know that they're okay, um, that's a good thing. So I've started to welcome them and sit in them and ex like experience them and feel them out. Um, and and work on them. I think I think they'll they'll always be there. I think it's really always tempting. Like it's it's so um, you know. Yeah, there's. I mean, I think of a world that is hurting so many people and animals and systems that only give and that yeah, I can go down a negative spiral. They call it environmental depression. You know, I worked on the data sets for four years and saw the international negotiations and was like. I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm actually fearful, right? You said, I think there is, there's this, like, we're going to make it or we're going to self-destruct. And I think that's like human. It's like, there's no one or there's no hybrid solution. We do one or the other. And it's like this tipping point we always talk about. Um, and I think, I think it's, I mean, they always say as startup founders, you need your mission to keep you, to keep you afloat. Like you're at the sea and the water is pouring on and like holding a big dream is super heavy and you're, you're, you are fighting to create a new economy. It's, it's a lot of fighting. It's a lot of energy. Um, but if you have a mission that you, that is, that you found, like you said, that's part of your being and your story. Um, when I repeat that mission or re I rediscover that mission, or at least I have that North star, I know where to step, you know, I know not to get too far. I can't get too far if I'm going, if I'm constantly have a mission, I can't get too far off track with it. You know, it, it may adjust, but you just like climbing a mountain and it's hard as heck, but you just, you just deal. You're just like, I hurt in every single way. I'm so tired. 
but I know I'm going to get at the top. And that's just like what humans do. We just persevere. We push and we screw up sometimes and we get back on the horse and we're resilient. And um, yeah, I hope everyone like, yeah, it's just like having this personal and professional mission deep in you, understanding it. Um, it helps pull me out of those like super dark, deep places that you can go. Um, and I don't want to live there forever. You know, I would rather talk about the world that we imagine that's possible um, than giving so much energy to the one that I, I don't want <laughs> to happen. Um, so just knowing where I'm putting my energy to and being conscious of it uh, helps. I don't know if that answers the question. I think it's, it's very, um, you know, relatable in some senses and ways personally, as well as for people listening, I think it's important to ask those questions sometimes. So we, you know, we share the progress we're making or the maturity we're, we're gaining through dealing with, with deeper emotions. So we don't have to hit rock bottom every time. Yeah. Realize it's part of the growth and the learning. And so I, you know, mm. I don't shy away from those questions and I don't want to hang out there forever. So I'll ask another question and um, <laughs> very grounded question in this case, like, you travel parts of the world. What are three places that you absolutely love? Um, I love Vancouver. I love BC. Um, this is where I am right now in Vancouver and BC. I, I, I never lived here. Um, when I quit my job in Ottawa, I decided to start it off with driving across Canada and camping in all the national parks. And we had just happened to land in Vancouver. And I felt this deep... I don't know. Um, I mean, the nature here is intense. It's raw. It's thick. It's there. It's encompassing. Um, I'm, it'll never become just another view. It really overwhelms me every day. And so much that I actually, I used to travel a lot and I, I find it hard to pull myself away from Vancouver because of the richness I have found and tapped into here. Um, so I do love BC. I love um, a lot about it. It just like really resonates with me and the air is just so clean and lush and there's flower bushes as big as my house and um, it's, it's gorgeous. Um, I also, um, the three places I always say I, I'm going to live like to mix up my energy is, is um, or that I'll frequent is uh, uh, Vancouver and the Sunshine Coast which is this little getaway I usually rent a cabin for myself for a month in the woods on the Sunshine Coast for that a little bit more removal into the BC land um, I go to Hermosa uh, California uh, once a month a year to play beach volleyball competitively with a group of really strong women and I really like the heat and the sun and the vibes of California California is just the coolest state as we all know so I really like the impact it has on me there and training for something that's very physical helps me sometimes leave my mind, which is very important. Um, and then I recently went to New York this year for a month and um, was like, wow, if anyone reaches those levels, just go inject a city into you. Um, New York, like I wanted some of its grit. I wanted some of its mix of human in me. I wanted that I don't know, it's got, oh, New York is just like full of everything. And so those three places, I feel like if I circulate, yeah, bring out um, the personalities that I want.
want to amplify in myself and just like kind of like plunking just doing those little rotations around to those three those three or four areas cool. yeah i definitely feel you on on, on all three of those points and <laughs> um, for everyone yeah. who lives there they, they love it for for many reasons and everyone who hasn't been you've you got to visit at some point there's there's a reason why we call it supernatural bc right yeah yeah you can't really describe it let me keep going um, with threes so yeah if there were three lessons mm. that you would be able to distill and share with a younger version of yourself. So let's go back in time and imagine you're, you're a teenager. Um, you haven't started pick my brain. You haven't, you know, possibly not even gone into investment banking yet. What are three life lessons that you now know that you kind of wish somebody would have set you down and told you when you were 15? Hmm. Um, I think first and foremost, my little sister is just starting. I have a little sister that's uh, 18 and um, the advice or knowledge that I try to pass down is all, all you need to do, <laughs> you do anything is continue to do the things that fill you up and that resonate with you and that you love and that spark a chord and do a little less of the things that don't and keep moving towards the things that make you vibrate. and know you'll start to learn more and more if you it's like body talk right body talk is the thing now learning how to talk to your body I, um just like make this year of her going to university so, so, so stressed about what to take just just notice and become attuned to the things that you're interested in that you're naturally in curious your curiousness goes you know um so use that as like this compass when when there's too many choices i'm just like okay what feels like i'm just gonna go back in and what 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 vibrates well i'll just go to my intuition <laughs> as, as sagittarius is often do and ENFJs. that's like one just lean in to your curiosity and you will discover more and more of it and that will just unlock all the doors it just does and just believe that it will and it's not easy but just like keep following that so that's like number one um, I would have just injected myself with the confidence uh, to do that, for sure. Um, oh boy, um, I think I'm still coming to this realization every day and it's still amazing is that you really can write your own future, like practice right, designing your life. You can design it, you can change it anytime you want. Like I went from an economist and a financial banker to this tech world um, and made this tool. I was like, oh, I have to make a tool um, on the internet that can connect any two people one-on-one -on -one over the phone or in person or online and transfer payments between the two of them um, globally. And I was like, how am I going to do that? And I was like, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, and you just start figuring it out. It can seem impossible. This is why I love Elon Musk. Like you have strong feelings either way. The man has dreams and works towards them and makes them possible. If you have this massive dream, you just get there which is weird so just like um yeah nothing is too big to dream up or think about um it can feel that way uh but if elon musk thinks he can go and move us to mars like you know you can create a tech company that's gonna invite a whole bunch of people to do a whole bunch of wonderful things really that's like really the, at the base you know what i'm trying to do and that that seems doable so to download that um, and I'll probably quote one of my friends, um, like always dream bigger than you think you should. Don't be shy, be unapologetic about it. And, um, the more unapologetic you are about it and the more you believe in it, the more the world shows up to support you. 
You know, let's think of Brandon, who's cleaning the 19-year-old that came out and said, I want to clean the world's ocean's plastics by 2021. You know, like the world was like, we'll help you. Because the, the mission was so big. You just want to. You just want to support so badly. And so just to know that rule a little bit, like to understand these, like, why do people do what they do? What motivates us? Um, yeah, just like not, don't be apologetic about dreaming big. And I think I am, it's scary to dream big, for sure. Um, well, it's easy to just dream big, but it's scary to dream big in a way that leads into action, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like a lot, but um, yeah, like I just keep thinking of Brandon, the 19-year-old that wanted to clean the oceans. I was like, yes, like, and this is how I think we can save the world if we became more creative about these world challenges and these solutions. Like, you know, maybe we can broaden our um, entertainment from sports to also like cool challenges that we all get behind and vote on too, you know? <laughs> I love that. Literally, uh, let me sign up. Broad, yeah, right? I love sports, don't get me wrong, but like let's broaden yeah. our entertainment into a complete new level where the yeah. challenges that we're facing turn into the entertainment we're watching and we're engaging in, right? So it doesn't feel sad or downing or or weird or like, oh my God, the world is about to. No, like the world is yeah. what we make it, really. And, mm -hmm. You know, it it's more of us being able to see that, feel that, believe that, breathe that, and, you know, I mean, also have the bottom line of our needs covered or through the challenge also covering the bottom line of our needs, you know? Mm. So this is kind of segueing into my last question for you. And I feel like we've touched on some of it already, but I'm sure you have more, more in your, in your big heart and in your, in your brain to share. <laughs> so, you know, if you were to zoom out a little bit and we're envisioning the world from a seven generational point of view, a point of view that includes, let's say the next 200 years, you know? Okay. What do you think are, what do you think is possible? What do you think are the values we need? And what kind of world do you envision? 200 years, that is a big question. Okay. Um, hmm. It has to do, so I've been really jamming about abundance. Um, I think our, up until this point, our entire model and system and even rules and economics, right, they're very outdated, are based on scarcity. The rules are written for scarcity. Hmm. Like, let's just let that sit in. Um, I totally think we need to flip it on its head, right? We need to invert all the triangles and make all the rules based on abundance. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's such a simple one. <laughs> and I think that will just, I don't even know what's possible. Like, there is so much to work on and to apply and to experience. Like, I want to live a hundred lives. Like, I wish I could, you know, like, I want you to be excited about life and not tired by it. But like, yeah, let's, I'm really, I'm really working on the, the flipping of that very one simple thing that, like I said, the, the equations that are, are worked and baked into society are based on, the decisions that we make are based on, the politicians we vote are based on, the things that we advocate for, you know, it's fear and scarcity. Let's switch it to love and abundance, you know, and we have the people that are doing it. It's just like, we just got to go, we just got to lean in and not, yeah, just lean into it. Cause man, it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like so good. And so yeah. Big. yeah that's yeah. It. 
that's it, that's it. It's so simple and we make it so complex and I understand it because we're complex beings. Um, but yeah, if I was to like leave anything on this planet, it's like, can I, can I show more people that there are endless forms of abundance and that you can tap into them whenever you want and that there's love everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's the what a that's beautiful all. motion to bring our conversation to a close. There is love. Mm, yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for some of your insights. Thanks for letting me pick your brain for. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Thank you for amplifying all of our messages. Thank you for leveraging. Thank you for asking the questions that you do. Yes. Thank you for your energy. I'm gonna be lit all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. And that's that, another episode of Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. I hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights, knowledge, and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life, into your relationships, or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world. Because this is a movement and we're all part of it, very much so, and we're in this together. We're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win, I win, and the entire planet wins. We're raising consciousness together and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to a Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of inside evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation, or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, th guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected, because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in. Connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.